Latinos Out Loud podcast. Yo, 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 it's Mrs. Santa over here. Yo, 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 it's Mrs. Claus in the building. Hi, it's the holiday spirit, Jamie. Do you yes. have it? Are you in it or no? Um, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm very hot. I'm, I feel like I'm very holiday spiritual. Good, good. How about you? I'm a, I'm a holiday spiritual person. That's, That's good. good. And Frank, Frank are you holiday spiritual? Always, always, guys. Always. Year round. <laughs> Year round. I'm super holiday spiritual. I feel like if Latinos Out Loud were a storefront, we would have a lot of Christmas decor everywhere. Uh, a lot of dreidels, too. I would definitely hang some Hanukkah Harry's and a Hanukkah bush here and there. Uh, speaking Whoa. of Hanukkah bush, yeah. Uh, no. Hello. Um, uh, well, Mazel Tov. That, it's not that kind of happy podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Wow. Or Happy Jew Year. Hello. <laughs> hi. Do we have to introduce ourselves? We kind of did already, but hi. It's oh. Rachel Laloka. You guys know who hey, I am. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? It's, Great. It's uh, Jay Ferns. Woo! Hey, Jamie. Happy, J- uh, happy, happy Ferns, miss. Yay! <laughs> On the first day of Ferns, Miss My True Love gave to me. I don't know what he gave me because Ferns is not a real a thing. A chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because I love, you know, I love my Chips Ahoy and I love you're, my. You're What's a up, cookie. Actually, no, I'm not a Chips Ahoy guy. I'm, a, I'm like a Mrs. Fields. Anyways, I Frank, like uh, you know, introduce yourself. It's Frank Spiracy. Yo, I like Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Fields is the, sh- that, that's the, I like Insomnia, by the way, but I like Mrs. Yo. Fields. Oh. Insomnia is a local, and Insomnia is a New York, it's like a, 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 a New York cookie shop that's open like 24, or it's open late. I think it's, it's open, open like until a, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Yeah, it's open until 3 a.m. <laughs> that's where you deliver. make mistakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they want so you to get like good. diarrhea at like 3 a.m., which is completely, <laughs> sometimes you need to have some a little bit of diarrhea at 3 a.m. Yeah, so. I mean, sometimes you need to take x or you could just eat a cookie from Insomnia. I choose the cookie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Anyways. This, this is Latinos Out Loud, where we talk about everything. It's the holiday spirit. We're baking cookies we're making coquito we're going to shows we're talking about mm. religion what yes. else are we doing we're arguing with our families wait a minute i think that's just me no uh no it's everybody rachel no, or me I, too there's always at least at least three to four arguments in a, in, during the <laughs> holiday season um but yeah look you mentioned happy jew year which is very apropos because one of our guests has a play about latino jewish cultures and well rachel you're a mix of both so this show (laughs) definitely uh has a lot of stories about people who are both uh latino and jewish and you know how they feel different and how the stories that make them who they are today um am i introing that correctly yes jamie in your way yes and i think it's perfect (laughs) 
it's such a great show and it really spoke to me you know this organization that i support called fuente latina uh, i've been talking to for a few years now they are uh they have a part of the producing of this i believe they're co-producer of true colors and this is a i want to say user-generated type show because basically it's a smorgasbord of stories brought together about the how could i phrase it i guess by bipoc jewish experience yeah because it's not just latinos in this show there are asian americans latinos african-american jews every jew is a piece of the mosaic within the jewish community mm. Their stories are depicted in this beautiful show put on by the Braid Theater. And we're lucky because we have the literary manager of the Braid Theater, which is a very well-known Jewish theater in the country. And they're putting on this amazing show. So I guess we should just get right to it. Huh, guys? Mazel tov? What do yeah, you think? let's do this. Let's go. L'chaim! All right, you guys, this is the part of the show where we interview someone amazing. I know I say it every week. The same words, the <laughs> same statement. I always say the word amazing. I know what you're saying in your cars <laughs> and while you're sweeping the apartment and listening to this podcast. But am I lying? Am I lying? <laughs> no, I'm not lying. never. Every no, time. No. Right? We are going to interview someone amazing again today. And I'm so excited because, yo, does this touch at the cultural heartstrings? Mm. Oh, boy. Mazel tov, it does. <laughs> Please put your hands together for playwright Susanna Kaplan. Yeah! Yes! Yeah! Ay, Susanna. Ay, Susanna. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Latinos Out Loud podcast. We're so very happy to have you. I'm so very honored to be here. <laughs> It's so nice. So, Susana, the show True Colors is a, I'm going to say smorgasbord. Uh -huh. There's okay. going to be a lot of these terms I throw out there of stories that have been aggregated. And I would love to hear how they've come together and how are you the orchestrator of the stories or tell us how your role fits into True Colors. I'm literary manager for The Braid, used to be known as Jewish Women's Theater. And we put out a call with a theme for submissions of stories. And uh, we put out a call for stories about Jews of color. And we called it True Colors. And we got many, many submissions. My role is to read the submissions and then talk them over with the artistic director and see how we can formulate them into stories that touch the heart, that people can identify with, and that bring a theme to the forefront. That's what I do. Awesome. And the braid for everybody to know, formerly the Jewish Women's Theater, is a Jewish story company and the leading national nonprofit organization creating, curating, producing and preserving stories grounded in Jewish culture. So shout out to the organization itself and to the partnership with Fuente Latina. So could you tell us more about that partnership? And then I'd love to hear maybe a snippet or what we can expect from True Colors, which is going to be shown this Wednesday, which I'm excited to see. Uh, but that was a loaded question. <laughs> okay. So we uh, met Fuente Latina when I was producing a show called Chutzpan Salsa. 
Chutzpah Salsa is a story, stories of Latin American, Jewish Latin American immigrants and their experiences in the United States. So we had some stories from Argentina, we had some stories from Venezuela, Panama, Mexico, uh, I think we had Colombia, Peru, and uh, this is a very heartwarming story, Cuba, we had a big one from Cuba. So uh, these are very heartwarming stories of that particular experience. And because it was Chutzpah and Salsa, we uh, obviously met Fuente Latina and decided to see where we could collaborate. And uh, the opportunity came when we did a show called Violins of Hope. Violins of Hope were violins that were rescued, shall we say, it's a long story, but rescued from the Holocaust. And there's one man in Tel Aviv, I believe he is, who got all of these violins and refurbished them, fixed them, and found the stories of the owners of the violins. So we were able to give those violins a voice again. Wow. And we did that in English and in Spanish. So it went all over Latin America as well. And mm. then... Bertha found out about True Colors, and here we are. So that's how. Uh, so, Susanna, out of all the 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 entries that were were eventually chosen for the show, what was kind of like the common theme that you felt resonated with all of the ones that you decided to actually choose? Well, I would say the common theme is identity, people's acceptance, people's comfort, people's discomfort, people's search, people's need for identity. And unfortunately, here in the United States, for example, you would have a person, a Jew of color show up at a synagogue, and a lot of people would think he was the, uh, the janitor, and not welcome that person into the community because he didn't look what people consider Jewish. And he was holding a mop for some reason, which, you know, is always yeah, a dead well, that, giveaway for a, a janitor. <laughs> that's a teller. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell you, I'll share you a quick anecdote. My father is Russian Jewish and my mother's from the Dominican Republic. Uh -huh. So I represent hard body for the Jewminicans out there. And my, <laughs> my mother tells me this story. Uh, well, every now and then, because it just it still resonates even in 2021. When my mother moved into the house with my father in Brooklyn in 1960, something they moved into a predominantly Hasidic Jewish neighborhood at the time. There were some old school Italians there, but you know, and my mother's a gardener. Okay, my mother was always out in the front growing her lilies and planting her roses oh, wow. and cutting the espinas and. She told me that one day there was a realtor in the neighborhood with a, a lovely Jewish couple and they asked her, oh, how long have you been gardening for these guys in the house? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, my mother converted to Judaism. My mother is a Dominican Jew. Um, and although she still has some questions about her faith that we talk about openly because it's great, um, she... She felt so not insulted, but she felt the need to express how proud she was to be married to this Jewish man and to be Dominican, a dark skinned woman of color, Afro Latina, rocking the Star of David around her neck and planting mm. lilies in her own home. 
Okay. And she told me that she told, she said a joke. She was like, oh, I've been gardening here for 10 years and I gave the owner two kids. (laughs) (laughs) True Dominican style. (laughs) So I love this project so, so much. It reminds me of my mom, that story. It reminds me of me a little bit. Like I'm out here in the streets, you know, saying happy Hanukkah and eating mofongo. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I really, I want to hear these stories. I'm so excited to see this show. Now tell us about the show. Like, is it going to be just a live event? Will people have the chance to see it after Wednesday? How's that happening? I don't believe they'll have a chance to see it after Wednesday mm. unless we are again, you know, requested to do it in a, in some place. It's been tremendously, tremendously popular. So we might. As far as I know, it's Wednesday, December 1st at 7 p.m. L.A. time. And that's, you know, they'll get the link if they register, if they happen to hear it in time, which you just told me they won't, but okay. But that's when that's uh, that's when it's showing this time. And it's going to be in English and in Spanish. So. Yes, that also speaks volumes. Um, you know, there is discussion out there about, you know, Spanish language media. Is it still being consumed? Spanish language shows. And look, the culture's alive. So is our language. And I feel like those are two different shows, aren't they? Like, are you expecting to see, is there anything as far as like a difference between the English language version and the Spanish language version? Like, are there any, anything? Well, you know, I, I, I don't, I... I used to own a translation service, so I did the translating. And I have to tell you how tremendously difficult it is to translate comedy. Mm. I had a very, very hard time <laughs> with that. And, um, but I think the heart comes out. It's so easily identifiable because our identities are, yeah, are, are foremost. We need to know who we are. And we need people to understand and accept us for who we are. And we have to know that. And that search is pretty universal. So this show is, it tells the experiences of Jews who feel different, right? But um, by doing the show, have you seen the similarities between the Jewish culture and the Latino culture? Have you discovered more similarities as you've gone along doing, uh, creating the show? Well, you know, I mean, there is one show that one story that's called kimchi on the seder plate okay oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. nice and um you know it depends because so many of these people have been well some have were adopted as babies you know mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. white family adopts a black child and brings them up jewish and this kid now has to deal with that a lot of people through searching There was one story where this guy is just a real pain in the neck to his parents because they take him to church and he has all these questions and they keep saying, dude, you you just have to have faith. And so anyway, in a very roundabout way, he finds Judaism where it's all about the questions. So he's happy there. And um, it's, uh, you know, somebody else went, uh, went to Israel and found that even there she didn't fit in until she finally did. And uh, it's also a search for community. There is, you know, there are organizations where they get together and they um, share experiences. 
And it's just, I think there's much more awareness. We've been, we've been uh, to synagogues, we've been to community centers, and the people are certainly open and wanting to, you know, to know and accept more people, which they should and they have to. As to how Latino they are, um, the ones who are Latino dance and sing and <laughs> a whole lot more movable <laughs> than the other yeah. ones. They, they know how to, you know, their hips. They yeah. know how to move their hips. Yeah, you know. absolutely. The Jewish community start going into Latin America because I know Cuba has a, uh, a large community and also Dominican Republic in Sasua. Mm-hmm. When did they start going into those areas of Latin America? As soon as they could, because they were being chased out of Europe. The Portuguese Jews were kind of doing all right. Uh, the Spanish kings who kicked the Jews out, and they went off to uh, Portugal. But then the Portuguese decided that was a good idea, so they went off, did the Inquisition thing. So then those Jews went to Brazil. And uh, things were doing okay. But then they brought the Inquisition to Brazil, so they took off. Some of them stayed in the islands. Some of them went all the way to uh, the United States. But the big immigration was between the wars and uh, as many could get out after the war. I have yet to travel to Sosua to dig deep into those archives um, because my family, you know, from the Dominican Republic, and I feel like there's so much there to be unpacked and like history. I mean, I've been to Sosua and DR on vacation, but it was like passing through and just going to the beach. But hello, my people are there. There are synagogues For there. Real, there are yes. thriving synagogues. The best bread comes from Sosua in the Dominican yes. Republic. So I got to go back there with a bottle Manashevitz in hand and talk to my people. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have not drank Manashevitz in a very long time, but it is a staple in my household over the holidays. They mix it with some club soda. It's such a weird spritzer, but that's what my family drinks over the well, holidays. I tell Susana. you, I have one bottle of it and I've had it for many, many years. And it's called <laughs> the family bottle of Manashevitz. And we only use it to make harosis for uh, Passover. That's it. That is so funny. There's always one bottle in the cupboard or the china cabinet, the closet that stays there for years. You got to like, all right, come on, guys. <laughs> Susana, I want to share some good news with you. Uh, just me. today, I won $75 spinning dreidel. Hello. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I landed. I can't remember the last time I landed on Gimmel three times. I cannot remember. So I went and I played win four just before. I'm like, if I'm winning at Dreidel, I'm going to play the lottery tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Show me the Gimmel, people. Show me the Gimmel. Um, Susana, I I know that sadly our audience is not going to be able to see the show that we are going to be able to see on Wednesday. Sorry, guys. But we'll talk about it and we're going to tell you about it. But I'd love to know what, if anything, you're working working on now is there anything like this where there's a call for entries like this sort of UGC user generated content theater that you're doing what can we expect from braid in the next coming months a whole lot we but our next show is uh Jews in the south of the United States 
And then we'll be doing one about Jews, uh, Israelis who choose to live here and why. And uh, the last one is kind of open for big decisions that someone took, how they worked out, good or bad. And uh, if you go to the website, you'll see how to submit. And I would love to because next year I'm doing Chutzpan Salsa 2. The name alone makes me want to see this production. You guys. Send in your stories and you'll participate. I, I would love to. I would yeah. love to submit a story to you. Oh, my God. We'll okay. Here we go, baby. I Shut mean, up, Rachel. <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly moved, seriously, by the stories that are being showcased here. Uh, these are my stories. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They're my stories because I I live on the Upper East Side here, Manhattan. Lots of synagogues here, and and I see the audience. And when that audience sees me, or if they get to know me in the Starbucks, and like your name is Rachel Strauss, what? <laughs> like it's like, are you for? Are you serious? Like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. Like, what's what you understand about that? But stories like these being told on a stage help the cause. So they thanks do, for what you're doing. And they definitely allow people to air themselves. It's important that we see everyone for who they are and how they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Very important. I mean, how people want to be seen and perceive themselves, it, it goes into every aspect of their lives. And they and they, they shouldn't have to feel other, you know, a, mm. a child who is black and adopted by a white family and goes to Jewish day school all his life and all of a sudden he can't go. What, 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 yeah. what kind of shit is that? Sorry. No, bring it on. Go, Ooh, go, yes. on, go on, go on. That's the type of emotion we want. Oh, okay. Well, you you're, you're an advocate, clearly. Yes. And uh, thank you. Thanks My for doing pleasure. that. My pleasure. So tell... Please share with our listeners how they can learn about what's going on at the Braid. Are you guys on social? I know you have a great Instagram page if you'd like to share that with everyone. Oh, my goodness. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We have a uh, a whole beautiful web page. If you want to go, you'll learn everything about it. It will also tell you how to submit stories and what we'll be doing. Do you want me to tell you where it is? www. That one? You want that? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So it's www.the-braid.org. And that's us. Lovely. Susanna, and how thank are we you so much. how are we spelling braid just for the audience? B-R-A-I-D. Yeah. Like trenza mm-hmm. in English. Mm-hmm. Like the braided holly bread that I'm going to tear up this weekend at my parents' house for a Hanukkah oh. dinner. Oh, my oh God. Oh, yeah, baby. The Juminicana's coming Woo! out. There you go. <laughs> I wish I could invite you out to my crib, okay? My dad won't have it, especially if you don't have your booster. But I will tell you, it goes down. Potato latkes, arroz con gandules. All of that is going down this weekend. So sorry, y'all gonna miss it. I'll talk about it on the show next Monday. Nice. Susana, thank you so much. One time for Susana Kaplan, people. Thank you. Yeah, baby. Thank you very much. Stop. 
Okay. I'm too Jewish. I am too Jewish right now. I'm going to turn the dial down. (laughs) Thank you so much. Happy Hanukkah, Susana. Happy Hanukkah to you. Thank you, Susana. Happy Hanukkah. And everyone, thank you very much. Wow, that was a very uh, interesting and enlightening interview. I'm looking forward to seeing the show. I think it's gonna. It's a really interesting show about identity, and um, it's great to have real people's stories, right? This is like real stuff, so um, yeah. should be interesting. Interesting, interesting. Rachel, were you? Were you? Did you relate to this? Absolutely. I mean, I'm just going to say quickly, like growing up, I I felt what she was saying. Growing up, people didn't know what to do with me. They're like, what are you? You're Jewish, but you look Latina. You have curly hair. Like, so to to have grown up in a very Jewish neighborhood and to not really be so understood, it it was something I faced my whole life. Um, And even to this day, so to hear stories and to not only hear stories, but to hear stories of color in the Jewish community on a grand stage like the braid is momentous. I think it's huge. And then her, I'm going to submit a story, you guys. I am so inspired. She opened the door for that. I can't believe it. I'm so Rachel, excited. I gotta take you to Sasua. I gotta take you to Sasua to, to 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 let's go find this Jewish community over there. Can we go yes. one day, please? I want to go and guess what? I'm gonna bring one of my dad's yarmulkes for you, okay? And we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna walk up in there like a bunch of proud Dominican Jews, okay? And I'm gonna bring the Torah with me, and I'm gonna go find Moses, and I'm gonna go part some platanos instead of the Red Sea, cause I'm Rachel. so into it. Rachel, I'm going to change my name to Nipstein after I convert. <laughs> oh, Nipstein. <laughs> Susanna Coblin, you hear that? This is this is juicy stuff for the next one. Literally, juicy. Uh, <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, what a great episode. I'm so inspired. Um, and now we have another part of culture to add to this episode, right? We're not done yet. We're not done at all. This is a delicious part of the culture. Mmm. Because we're talking about coquito. Oh yeah, baby. Um, Yo. Who doesn't love coquitos? I mean, if you know what a coquito is, you have to love it because it's it's the drink. It's our holiday drink. This is our like eggnog. This is our. This is you know, and it's it's if you grew up in any household, Latino household. Um, you probably have family members bringing the coquito to every holiday party. Um, and nowadays, a lot of people are making like businesses out of it. You know, if you go to Instagram, there's like, yeah, yo, check yeah. it out. I'm selling my new coquito yeah. from, the back of my, from the back of my van and shit, you know. But yeah. it's like back in the day, you had to get that shit. The only way you could get that shit was from Titi, Gladys, you know, or, you know, one of your primas, or, you know, your mom or your or your abuela. So it was a little bit more for people in the know, right? You had to kind of know a Latino to be hook able to up. get access to the, yeah, to the hookup. So you had to have the plug, you know? And yeah. we got a plug in on this episode, Rachel, right? We oh, yeah. sure do. It's so exciting to have an expert in the field. I know I say this a lot, but I really love when the experts come on because they teach us. I learn every single time. So without further ado, we have a culinary expert. She's uh, down in Orlando representing um 
from New York, and she's been featured on so many different shows and channels, the Food Network, magazines, representing for Latinas, too, at the same damn time. So please enjoy this interview with Diane Smith. All right, Latinos Out Loud listeners, it's the holidays. Tis the season. Tis the coquito season. You know what I'm talking about. We all got that hookup. We all know her or he or she or whatever their pronoun is. That is the master of the coquito craft. Okay? I am no master. I try. I make a valiant effort. My family seems to like it. But we have an expert in this space here with us today on the Latinos Out Loud podcast. I'm so excited. Please lift your coquito glasses and put your hands together for Diane Smith. Thank you. Let's go. Coquito. Oh, my God. We have a lot to talk about. It's your busy season. So thank you for squeezing us into your schedule, Diane. And welcome to the Latinos Out Loud podcast. Hey, thank you so much. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Okay, here's where it kind of sucks, where this is an audible medium. Because listeners, listen up. We are looking at a beautiful holiday display. Yes. A blender, some spices, ingredients. Are we making Coquito live on the Latinos Out Loud podcast tonight, Diane? Mm. We sure are. (laughs) Wow. I feel like we're like, this is like a a morning show segment. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's like the Today Show, and we're, they're gonna, you know, now we're gonna learn about, you know. So, is this kind of like a Latino eggnog? <laughs> well, yes and no, but it's the base of it is really rum and coconut. So, you know, and milk. So, what can go wrong with that? What can go wrong? Nothing. It's perfect. Well, Nothing. you know, Diane, we are New Yorkers. We're, where are you actually? We'd like to know where are you based right now? I'm in Orlando, Florida, but born in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. New Woo-hoo. Yorkers know we all got that we all got that family in Florida. We we know, yeah. we know. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So you have the New York vibe, you're still on the East Coast. A lot of our listeners are on the West Coast too. So we have to sort of give them some more instructions and let them know exactly what coquito is, what it means to us. So I'm gonna actually flip that question to you. You are this master in your craft, as I see. What does coquito mean to you? It's the start of the season. It's yes. culture. It's family. It's, it's the way that, you know, the way that I learned how to make coquito from my grandmother with my mother. And it's a way that I can share with my family and friends. And you touched on something so important, the cultural part of all of this. So not only do you know that Santa Claus viene when the coquito bottle is in the refrigerator, <laughs> it's the season, right? Oh, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Frank, stop making me laugh. But <laughs> you also stop, Frank. I got the giggles now. It's also the coquito that I'm drinking here. Um <laughs> But you touched on it being cultural. Let's just talk yes. about the moment that the coquito bottle is brought out at the family function. You see it being shaken. The canela is swirling around the milk, floating back to the top. And then we're all connected. And then we're all smiling. And then I party. Why? Why? I mean, where did coquito actually start? Do we even know the tradition behind it? Or like, t- tell us what? Why is it such a staple in our culture? 
Sure. So what we have learned is really started, they say, between the 1950s and the 1970s. So that's a long time. But what it is, it was the, the culture and the fusion of the uh, people from Spain that brought us um, different eggnog that they had with the infusion of the, the coconut from Puerto Rico and from the islands. And they brought the, the coconut from Africa. And then, of course, the oh, sweet wow. condensed milk, you know, that came from the United States and all of those flavors kind of came together to come up with what we had know as coquito today but there are just so many different variations but those three ingredients are really the base of the coquito mm. Mm. so diana you were saying that your recipes have brought down from family member to family member do each member of the family once they get the recipe do 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 you add your own little extra to it you know to kind of or is it like scripture it's like do not mess with what works <laughs> no <laughs> I would say with my family, we like to each put our own little touch. So depending yeah. on who makes it, then that's what, how it's going to taste differently. And then sometimes when we get together in the holidays, we have coquito tastings and we have blind wow. tastings. And then we vote and see who, you know, whose coquito is best. I got to hang out with, with, with your crew. Your coquito yes. crew. I got to hang out with your crew. <laughs> <laughs> And here's here's another question I have. Like everybody claims they're coquito. There like be some coquito wars out there, Diane. I know mm. you probably gonna get off this Zoom and draw the black stuff under your eyes and get into your like Guerrera costume and get out there in the streets of Orlando with your coquito. Why? Why are we so territorial with our coquito? I like to share my recipe because. I mean, you guys know what the key ingredients are anyway. So I share with everybody. To me, I'll tell you what I like to do. I think it's a lot about like the freshness of the ingredients, like the spices. So I do like to grind, grate my own nutmeg. I won't use the powdered um, stuff. But what could you tell us what your secrets are? Are you willing to share? Because like KFC yep. locks that shit in a safe. I don't know <laughs> if you're willing to share your recipe with us. The ghost us. of Colonel Sanders won't let you. My safe is open and a yes, I am going to share a couple of different of the tricks that I have learned throughout the years. Because what I did is like, I learned to make it with my aunt, like I said, or my grandmother, or with my mom, and then I get my cousins. And, you know, and I like to take a little bit of everybody's and make my own version of no matter what recipe that I make. Mm. So do we want to so, go ahead and get it started? Or? Yeah, let's get yeah. this. Yeah, let's, let's get, get this party this is exciting guys first time we're gonna start out with one can it's kind of like a dump cake we're just dumping everything one can of evaporated milk oh and then one can of coconut milk you hear that and then in here we have one can of condensed sweetened condensed milk Ooh, I love that. Nice and sweet. Yeah, that's what's going to give all the nice sweetness in there. So we have that. Anybody else, and then we're gonna anybody else lick the spoon? I lick the spoon of the condensed milk. Anybody else? Always, Am I the only always. one? Okay. Claro. okay. I, yeah, no. I, I love it. I, I drink it yeah. from the tap, from the from the what? can, but yeah. You yeah. take a sip? Jamie! Jamie, are you, are, is your heart okay? No, when I was younger, when I was younger. Now I can't. I can't. Obviously, I can't. And then we're going to add one can of the Coco Lopez, which is the Yay, Coco oh, Lopez. Yes, yes the cream of coconut in there. Ooh. That's what cream really is going to give it the sweetness. Yes. 
And, and wait, do like you have to get that from an actual coconut? You have to like, or do they have, they sell that in the stores? Yeah, they sell it in the stores. The first okay. bendito. Uh, cream I know. of bendito. Okay, I know. I had to ask. There's going to be two, <laughs> two or three people out there that were thinking it. Okay. You're right. You're no right. Problem. And then we're going to add just a little bit of vanilla. Yes. Okay. Mm. What and kind then, of vanilla? Is this like vanilla from Madagascar or is it like vanilla from key food? <laughs> well, I wish I could tell you that it's I made it, but no, I did not. It's from Costco. It's vanilla from oh, Costco. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Vanilla from Costco. So we have that. And then what we're going to do is like, this is a little bit different. This is one of my secrets. And I learned this from my cousin. And this is a tea of spices that I made. And what did it take? A little cup of water. And I add some fresh of the spices. Like I said, it has cloves. It has a little bit of ginger in there. Ooh. I added some um, star anise in there. And some cinnamon <gasps> anise? sticks. Yes. Ooh. And then we let that boil and kind of reduce. And that's what's going to give it that just like earthy flavor. Just really deep, but really delicious. But if you don't want to, you can add the powders. You can add a little bit of like ground nutmeg, ground cinnamon, ground ginger, uh-huh. and you can yeah. add it in there. But if you want to really have it really good, you can go ahead and add just about a quarter of a cup. You can start out with and you add that in there. And those are going to be spices that are getting rich and it's going to be a really good flavor. So those uh, are all the ingredients that we have. Wow. And what we're going to do now is there's a grand debate. They said if it's coquito, it's without eggs. But then there's some people who use eggs. I learned how to make it with eggs. So I am going to add eggs, but I'm going to give you another uh, trick that I do. And what I usually do is I have uh, three egg yolks. You're just going to add three egg yolks. And then you're going to add a half a cup of sugar. And you put it in Mm. a little bowl. And then what we're going to do is we're going to mix it all together until it changes colors. You know, it's kind of like cooking the egg yolks with the sugar, you know, when you're like making a batter and we're creaming eggs and and sugar in the blender. And when it changes colors, you're gonna do that for about two minutes. And when it changes colors, you know that it's gonna be nice and fluffy and you're gonna add that mixture to your coquito. You don't have to, it's definitely optional, but it's gonna make your coquito just thicker and richer in flavor, but it's not gonna taste like egg. Mm. I am I I am blown away. This is wow. egg excellent. This oh, is yeah. really excellent. <laughs> yeah. Rachel, you're being too extra right now. So here we go. And th- that's really the coquito. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna put it in the blender. And for those of you that are out there listening, I'm not gonna I'm gonna turn it on just really quick, but here we go. Let's see. This is authentic podcasting, people. That's the sound of a blender, a ninja. That's a ninja blender. (laughs) Sure is. But what I will do, I'll probably just leave it in for two or three minutes blending. Um, So then if all the flavors are really, you know, come together. And then after I do that, then at the same time, I'm going to add the eggs that I told you that I creamed together in a little bowl. So you can have that all together and you can put all that in there. And then you go ahead and blend it for a couple more minutes so it becomes just really nice and creamy and then from there that's your base and then you can make it whatever you want it if you wanted to just have it the traditional they will go ahead and add some of the rum to it 
if you wanted to have it like a coffee flavored one, all you have to do is just follow this exact same recipe, just add three quarter cups of like an espresso, really strong coffee. Mm. If you want to make a Nutella. Oh, yeah. Then you add, what? you know, a one cup of Nutella. Yes, Nutella <gasps> flavor coquito, and it's super delicious. Oh, no, and you don't put al- if you put Nutella, you're not putting alcohol in there, right? That well, wouldn't mix well with the Nutella. Tell you. Yeah. Well, you can do two things. You can make it with a rum, but you can also consider making it with a Godiva chocolate liqueur. Or a chocolate liqueur like that. Oh my yes. goodness. Excuse Ooh, me. Nutella not- tell me more. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Diane, what's the choice of rum that you use? So I actually like to use Don Q Cristal because that's what I was brought up with. I know that all over the country you can find Bacardi. And you can, yes. I can use Bacardi as well, which is great. But if um, if I'm home and uh, and I have it, I, I use the Donku Cristal, which is the white rum. And I like using that. And I usually add, you can start out with one cup of rum. But you know what? I usually end up doing about two cups of rum for the mix. Because mm. when you have your coquito, you know, you want it to be nice and strong. And you have to let it, like, stay there for, like, Two days to really marinate and all those flavors to melt together. Two and it'll be days. Better. So I two, like to days two days is your suggestion. That's interesting. It does always taste better that third, second, third day. That's when it's like it's prime, right? But for me, I don't know. Diane, I get so like as soon as I make it, I have to drink some. I can't. <laughs> I, I, like, no self-control. I to, <laughs> no self-control from Rachel. But I also like to share it too. I'm like, no, I just made it. And it's so funny because most things you would bring to someone's house and be like, I baked you a fresh pound cake. I made you a fresh casserole. But if you come through a fresh coquito, it's like, nah, son, put it in the refrigerator. I'm not drinking it for two days. You know what I'm saying? But I love that you yep. shared that that tip. Um, I have another question. So as somebody who makes a lot of coquito, what what's your preference as far as bottles? Like, where do you bottle your coquito? Do you buy like 17 boxes of bottles from like a wholesale manufacturer, like wholesale? But like, I don't know. Or how do you bottle your own product? So I raid the dollar store. That's what I do for the little <laughs> bottles. <laughs> yes. But I will tell wow. you too that I also, you see just little bottles uh, that we have and uh, we could just put a little decoration and you can give them away as gifts. You know, I've had over the years, I've bought a lot of different kinds of bottles. But if you if you cannot find bottles, because sometimes they are kind of difficult, how about mason jars? You know, you can yes. just, you know, get some mason jars, Boom. go ahead and put it in there put a little bow on it and you're golden. You know, you can go ahead and give it as a gift. And, uh, and it's something that's going to be appreciated because it's something that you made with love and you made it from the heart and especially with rum. So, you know, of course you're going to like it. Mm. Well, hasn't this been like a holiday spectacular? This is somewhat of a a gift guide in, in a sense, because this is something that you can make at home. And when you gift Coquito to somebody, it's from the heart, baby. That is a gift from the soul, from soul to soul. You know what I'm saying? It's artwork. And I appreciate you sharing your secrets because, look, times are hard, right? Can't always be buying jewelry, everybody, clothes, all that stuff. I sometimes prefer a homemade gift because I think that does speak so much more lovingly. Um, But thank you for sharing this recipe. Uh, Where can people find you on social to see your, your coquito making skill and all the other recipes that you'd share where are you on social sure we're at florida milk 
And as well in Spanish, you can find them at Leche de Florida. So um, you can find the recipes, this and many other ones like we have polvorones that will go great with the coquito. So we have some other great recipes that you can um, make and give away as gifts or you can just enjoy at home for the holidays. You're going to make me popular this Christmas because I'm going to be like, yo, check what I got. Look what I made. I mean, I got to make it good first. I got to like, you know, hopefully I'm a good student, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try my best to make something as, as good as yours. And look at this. You see the little mason jar that I have that I was telling you about? And make sure you always put a little stick of cinnamon at the bottom because that's going to give it some extra flavor there too. So do that and then just pour it on. Yes. Mm. That's baller right there. Cinnamon stick at the end, like, uh. Uh, The final touch. And look, this is the rum. Mm. Wow. And I went ahead with two cups. I just just went for it. You you can start out with one and then go for your preference. But you mix it again, and then we're just going to um, just give it a quick little blend. There we go. I'm going to just finish this. That was not a sound effect again. That that was the Ninja Blender, That's live surreal. and direct. They just trying to get Ninja Blenders to be a, a sponsor? Ninja Blender was the best gift that somebody got me off of my registry, and I'm still using it to date. But I will say, watch your fingers, because it will take a finger out if you... That blade inside will remove all of your fingers if you don't Ouch. wash it correct. It's crazy. It's so sharp. It's great, though. It is. And then another last before I guess we head out is that you know I have a com- for comparison we have a glass of eggnog and usually it's like a large glass that they fill up to the top yeah. right when usually when you get coquito it's coquito is like small coconut it's a small little glass so like a shot glass or a little cup or something like that that's usually how you serve it and then if you want to go extra you can just take a little bit of star anise like it comes in a little shape and you put it right on top of the of the coquito when you're serving it and it looks really, really nice too. Ooh, you can do that and you can that. shave a little bit of cinnamon. Rachel, no. small glasses, no big glasses, Rachel. Yeah. You, you can guys, you can come on lush, I swear. <laughs> That's the thing. Very good, <laughs> Diane. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. Unlimited oh, refills, but smaller cups. You see? That's the difference. That Pero mira que lindo. Wow. I, never, wow. I never thought of putting anise estrella in the drink. It looks like a little poinsettia. It's so cute. It does. Yes. Wow. And it gives it a really good flavor, too. I am going to go buy these spices tomorrow as soon as I wake up. This is great. Thank you for sharing. Oh, and that that concoction that you did on the stove beforehand, you put heart and soul in your coquito. I have to clap it up for you right now. This is yes. this is a lot of love. And That's we the best ingredient it. right there, love. Mm. Yeah. Well, Diane, thank you so much for taking the time and making us Coquito Live. We've never done anything like this on the Latinos Out Loud podcast before. First time. First time with a live demonstration here and an audio, uh, you know, a recipe shared via audio. And I thought that was wonderful. I really hope you listeners enjoy it as much as we did. Thank you again. Feliz Navidad, Merry Crima, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, everything de todo. And enjoy. Feliz Dia de los Reyes, too. Hey, hello. Well, thank you. Enjoy the holiday season. I'm sure you just made a lot of our listeners' holiday seasons a little more sweet. 
Thank you. Thank you. Gracias. Bye. Wow, guys, that was amazing. As Rachel would say, <laughs> I, I'm going to drink coquito for the rest of this year. Well, yeah. It's not that healthy, so you kind of got to like... Oh, good point. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Pace myself, okay. (laughs) Good point. Did it get any better than this? I mean, she really laid it down. She laid, as we would say, she laid the law down, so to speak. Wow. Eloetos, definitely listen to it again. Take notes. You want to get it right. Oh, yeah. What she did, you know, when you see people like doing their own spin on things and doing their fancy sauces and, you know, picantes and whatever they do to their dish, you kind of like, you're able to look at it and be like, oh, that's going to taste real good. You know, like everything she was doing, I was like, oh my God, like you could, your weren't your taste buds on fire? And, and this mm. is, we're looking at her through a video. Yeah. I'm salivating. Was, I'm going to have to go I, wipe I, my I saw mouth. You, I saw you, Rachel. I saw you. You had little drips coming down. Jamie was sweating. He had like a beads of sweat coming down his, his forehead. When she started talking about the coffee and the Godiva chocolate liqueur in the Coquito, of course that makes sense. Yes, but I, I needed to hear that from an expert. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, I think we should do more of this kind of stuff where yeah. we're helping the listeners and us and we're learning new things to bring back to our family and cultural celebrations uh, this season. So if you want to hear more of this, let us know. Hit us up at We Are Latinos Out Loud on Insta. You could call us. We've been getting some prank phone calls i'm not appreciative people i'm really not appreciative of the auto insurance phone calls okay because i listen (laughs) i listen to the messages and it's not right all those recordings of auto insurance i i don't own a car so um i don't think any of us do so please stop calling (laughs) latinos out loud (laughs) and those those penis enlargement you know uh oh that was me that that was me that was you okay um well i want my deposit back (laughs) (laughs) call us at 978 latinos 978 latinos let us know what you want to see this holiday season how can we help you help us to help you let us know we want to be that forum for y'all it's just as much your podcast as it is ours right so i guess on that note we out